Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, I'm sorry. I was rocking out. Welcome in. It's another edition of the Beats of the East podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. And also coming at you on Willis Digital Media. I'm Corey Burton. Joining me is the voice of the Forest Rockets. It is Mr. <laughs> Craig Ladd. What's up, Craig? Corey, well, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Feeling better. This has been a... Uh, That's good. Those allergies dead, are dead, killing you, dead, man. Dead, I won't say deadly, but it's been a bad season for me and the allergies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, allergies are bad. They're, they're, they're no fun. Uh, I, I deal with that all the time. I've just kind of learned to live with it. So, you know how yeah, it goes, right? Uh, it's mine are always there. It's just a matter of the severity. Yeah. Like yesterday for me, if we had to try to do a show, I'd be, uh, I would have been the, the, the sneezy dwarf. I, I would have been just sneezing all over the place. Um, so glad I'm not, uh, but glad I'm here. Uh, glad we're we're with you for another edition of the Beast of the East podcast. Look right down below if you want to follow us on social media. Uh, if you want to hit that bell on YouTube, subscribe, get all that new uh, content. We are on Facebook as well. Uh, you can find us at Positively Old Miss, the home of the Palmcast. Um, and then Craig and I will also share the feed as well. Of course, we we are brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We are back better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And we got baseball playoffs coming up too. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all college pro football, college and pro football action this season. That's right. I thought I said it wrong, but I didn't. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website. You can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But don't forget to use that promo code BELIEVE to receive that bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, personally, I'm a blackjack guy, don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts. So, uh, some interesting things here. Uh, we'll, we'll dive in. We'll be the beast of the AL and NL East. No. Um, so here's some uh, here's some odds coming out uh, for the playoffs. You have some odds on the AL wild card game. You can take the Yankees minus one seventeen. You can take the Red Sox plus one hundred seven, and the over under set to eight runs. Um, if you're feeling froggy about the NL wild card, Dodgers, Car- uh, Dodgers, Cardinals, Cardinals are plus 189 on the money line. Dodgers are minus 207 on the money line, and the over under is a combined seven and a half runs. You can also make future bets on who wins the AL and NL pennant. Right now, your right now your favorite to win the NL pennant are the wild card Dodgers at plus 180. Uh, and the Houston Astros at plus 225 in the American League. And then the Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series at plus 375. Any guess on where the Braves are? Oh, sorry. Any guess what the Braves are? Uh, yeah. Uh, 
I don't have one. I'm sorry. Just don't. I don't get into that that stuff. I'm more. You don't get into baseball, yeah. You're no, just, no, no. I, I get guy. into baseball. The, uh, okay. the the odds part of it is, it's, you know, I yeah. Just, so, you know, yeah. since Bet Online came on uh, came on board as our sponsor, I've been kind of learning about some of this betting stuff. So I've never really known much about sports betting until until just now. So um, I'm still learning too. And yes, uh, the chat is alive and well. Welcome, guy. Uh, 56K, I'm lagging, brother. Um, I don't know what else to say. I don't know why I'm lagging, but, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, well, this, somebody picked up the phone line. but um, So we, we, got a, we got a great show for you guys today. Lots of great things to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, that Tennessee game, Craig, was something that you would enjoy talking about for sure. No doubt. A, a, a shocker. Uh, that's all I have to say. You know, shocking. Um, they were a three-point underdog going into that game. That was that was the, the bet of the year so far. I mean, you never – there was never any doubt. That was a snoozer if you bet on uh, – if you took Tennessee in the points. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It was crazy. It, it seemed like, you know, we all kind of took Tennessee. I, I don't think any of us really ever bought Missouri, but to think that Tennessee would throw up a 62 burger is completely shocking to me. I mean, they tie on Evans broke that 92 yard run. And I was like, man, this is going to be, this is going to be route steady here. They, they were just gaping holes, Corey, uh, that, you know, guys are, you know, 10 yards down the field before they're even touched. I don't even know if Evans was touched at all on that 92-yard run. I don't know that he was touched all day long. <laughs> it, it was, like I said, it, it was – I was amazed, you know, even, you know, uh, Lynn Keith Whitehead, who's not – Lynn Heath Whitehead, who's not seen the, the time of day – uh, you know, he even rushes for 70-something yards. You know, uh, it, it was just amazing. I, I was totally surprised by the way they just dominated that game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was from start to finish, Missouri never really had a chance. Um, they just – the defense got after it. The run game kind of kind of took the momentum. And, and Hendon Hooker was 15 of 19 for 225 and three touchdowns. And he also had 80 yards on the ground as well. A, a super, super performance out of the quarterback. You knew he was the answer. I mean, had he – you know, Craig, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but had he stayed healthy against Florida, I don't know if they win that game. But, man, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, he, he has really come into his own, Corey, uh, you know. Uh, he's looked better and better each week. And then last week he was terrific, uh, really had command of the offense, uh, made great reads. Uh, and, and you know, uh, if he continues to play this well, you know, uh, Tennessee is going to – they're, they're going to surprise some people, uh, you know. And, and who knows uh, if they – you know, maybe seven wins in there, maybe eight wins in there. Who knows? I don't expect that to happen, but you never know. You know, you know, on paper, that Ole Miss game, I foresaw, oh, man, they'll get killed. And I'm not so sure now. That game's going to be in Knoxville, and I'm not mm-hmm. so sure. Um, you know, I, Tennessee's going to use the, the, the same formula that Alabama did, and that's try to run the ball. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and keep – 
you know, that offense off the, off the field. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's, you know, that's the way to do it. I mean, stop, you know, apparently the, the, the goal is to stop them on, uh, on fourth down uh, with, with Alabama, you know, Kiffin's going to go for it and be, be objective. But, um, you know, I, I really like Tennessee's game plan. I really like their aggressiveness. And, and I've, I've said from jump street that Tennessee was going to be a lot better than everybody was giving them credit for, or, lack of lack thereof, I guess you should say, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, Tennessee's going to finish last and, you know, Vanderbilt's going to get it together. And that, and boy, boy, were they wrong. Um, I missed Vanderbilt a little bit. I said they were going to finish second to last, but uh, they might be the worst team in all of FBS. Um, and maybe even FCS too, but you maybe even throw an FCS in there too. So Vanderbilt was awful. Um, but Tennessee, I, I thought they'd be middle of the pack. I thought they would do well and, and have some games where you're like, you're very impressed, but they didn't quite pull out the victory. But man, like at one point, I didn't think Tennessee could score 62 uh, points in practice against air. Well, you know, I, I, I have to agree with you. I think too, I, I think I underestimated the, I guess the problems that the speed of that offense brings, and I don't, I'm not necessarily talking about the speed of the players. I'm just talking about the speed of each play. It really throws your defense out of kilter. You can't. You don't have time to substitute. Uh, Missouri looked frazzled. They really did. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing on on defense. They looked out of place. You know, it's tiring. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. battering. It's just one after the other after the other, and it's tiring. They they get so many plays off in such a little amount of time, and and you know I, I just don't think that teams. It's obviously difficult to practice for uh, you know to scheme against this and practice against this because of the the amount of speed it is between each play and. And I, I thought, really thought that Missouri had problems with that. They really did. I mean, Missouri had no answers. They couldn't. They couldn't figure out anything last this past weekend. Are they a bad team? No. This is probably, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, okay, Missouri sucks, right?" I I don't think that they suck. That Missouri is Missouri and Tennessee are built very similarly in, in this in this state. I just didn't think Tennessee. I didn't think they quite had it in them to, to win some of these games, whereas, you know, Missouri won some of those games a year ago and they went through some of these growing pains, but they're very similar. They don't, neither team has a ton of depth, um, but losing Larry Roundtree has been proving to be a huge, devastating loss for Missouri, and that kind of put them behind the eight ball. And here, here comes Tennessee. You think, okay, they lose Eric Gray and Mike Chandler, Oh boy, they're in trouble. No, Tyon Evans is legit. Jabari Small is a great, solid piece there, uh, and and Hinton Hooker is the third piece in that rushing attack that just makes that whole offense work. And why they didn't have Hooker in there from the jump, I don't know. But you think if Hooker starts that game against Pitt, they probably win that one. If Hooker doesn't go down against Florida, they probably win that one. Now you're looking at a very very interesting Tennessee or start. To well, the key, I think, is get this week is for Tennessee to handle success. Um, 
there, yeah, and we'll and, and we will definitely get yeah, to that. Absolutely, it's a big um, key against South, South Carolina. Carolina to handle success. So one, one other thing too, a la Jeremy Pruitt, uh, Drinkowitz fired his defensive line coach. Um, this so week. are they going to be using Wendy's bags to you know to illegally? Yeah, apparently, so uh, another defensive to... line coach goes down mid season, not even mid season. I feel like those guys are the scapegoat, man. That's like the worst one you can fire besides your O-line coach, man. Like, fire the tight ends coach. You got to scapegoat somebody. Just do it, man. Um, so, yes, uh, Cassidy, how's it going? Uh, welcome. Yes, my internet's messing up. I guess that's a uh, – that's just something that just happens, right? Um, but, yeah, guy, we're, we're not ignoring the chat. We, we uh, Ole Miss will definitely have to put a five-man front up there to counter the run. We'll get to Ole Miss, Tennessee. when We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Tight end coach is a recruiter. Yeah, but you have recruiting guys on the staff, so you can kind of fill that. You know, you know tight ends, I feel like, aren't very difficult to, to coach uh, in the grand scheme of it. But you have you have analysts sitting down there that could probably recruit just as well and are, are younger, so why not, right? Um, the D-line coach – not anybody can step in that That game, the most the the most ironic thing I saw was you know in the Kentucky game after they beat Florida, there was a sign up. You know, I saw we want Bama. Well, in the Missouri game, I don't know if you saw this, but some student held up a sign we want Vandy. So that is hilarious. That was very how ironic. I love I love that. What a difference! I love that. Yeah. That's uh, that's great. But uh, speaking of another blowout, it, it was apparently a weekend of blowouts. Um, Georgia Auburn, or Georgia Auburn, that's this weekend. Uh, Georgia Arkansas, Arkansas comes in as the eighth ranked team. You know, a lot of people are saying they're going to cover the spread, and you know, I, I went ahead and picked Georgia just because I was going to pick Georgia until they didn't cover a spread. Uh, I was like, I just have a feeling they're going to. You know, I had one of those feelings that they're they're going to cover this thing, you know. And here they here they come. They trot out there with Stetson Bennett, the mailman, and he delivers yet again. Uh, didn't they? Didn't really honestly. They didn't really ask him to do a whole lot. They just they just pounded him in the submission. Uh, the first drive was a bad omen, Craig. Two false starts in the, in the first in the first series, uh, and then followed by a sack. And then you know what was it? Two three series later, they had to block punt for a touchdown. Um, deep in the end zone. I mean, it was just a disastrous, disastrous start that they could never recover from. You know, a lot of people are saying, and I'm going to ask you this, is it that Georgia is that good or are we overselling Arkansas a little bit? I I thought we were overselling Arkansas. I I told some friends on Saturday morning, we were talking about all the great games and they were talking about that Arkansas-Georgia game. And I said, guys, I'm telling you this, Georgia will destroy Arkansas. I was right for one. And they did. Uh, I, and I just they did. not I, I thought Arkansas was vastly overrated uh to be going up against a team of Georgia's caliber. And uh it proved to be right. They they just didn't have the horses to hang with Georgia. No, no they didn't they didn't at all. They couldn't they couldn't block Jay. Well Jalen Carter blocked three guys on a goal line package so that so you got that. Um, you know, Jordan Davis they had no answer for him. They had no answer for Nolan Smith or Nicobe Dean again. I mean, those guys just went off. Uh, KJ Jefferson was uncomfortable all night. He was on the run. I mean, honestly, there's not much, you know, Arkansas can look at with this game and say, 
man, we did this really well. I mean, this was, uh, you know, again, this was one of those, hey, we're, you know, we're not as close as we think we are, and, and we got to recruit a little bit better, and we got to continue to do our thing. Are they a good team? Yes, Arkansas is a great team, I think. Um, you know, I thought we were overselling at this point. I didn't think they were ready to be in the top ten. Old Miss should have been in that spot over Arkansas. Um, I thought Old Miss was more of a number eight team than than Arkansas was. I think Arkansas is about a you know eighteen to twenty two type team. We're really good. I mean, hell, they just come off two you know two ass kickings of of the state of Texas. You know, um, that's never a never a bad thing so um but yeah they're averaging four points per game uh they're aver- they've only given up three points in their two top 10 matchups that's freaking scary um they still haven't given up a touchdown um you know they gave up they gave it that field goal they still haven't given up a touchdown uh the starting in the starting unit yeah it hasn't given up a touchdown or they've really only given up three points and that's just freaky that i mean that's freaky good I mean, that's like some of like the best defense. I mean, I, I was saying this to somebody, uh, one of my friends, and I said this was the best Georgia defense I've ever seen. Um, and and the, the best defense I'd ever seen prior was 17. And then the best defense I'd ever seen prior to 2017 was 2002 with David Pollock and Boss Bailey and Tony Gilbert and – uh you know, Tim Jennings and Sean Jones at the safety position, you know, those guys. That was – I mean, that defense was incredible. Corey, you're too young to remember um, Eric Russell's junkyard dogs. So, I'm a little too young to, to – yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, but I think this defense, even statistically and even from what I the, – the little that I do know, I, it's, it's all, you know, in legend, I guess, uh, for the junkyards. But – you know, I, this defense, it, just the speed and ferocity in which this team plays with. Is, well, we ridiculous. talked about, you know, the beginning of the year when we were going in the, during the preseason that, you know, their front seven was just going to be terrific. And they have they have held serve and been better. I, I think been better than I expected, to be quite honest with you. I, mm-hmm. I, I no way I thought that they would be this dominating. I, I thought they would be very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, th- I mean, to be only allowing four points a game is incredible, considering what you th- – the schedule they played. And as you said, two top ten teams. Uh, it, it, it's it's phenomenal. Uh, and, you know, I, you don't have to do a whole lot on defense – I mean, on offense in order to win if you're if you're putting up those kind of numbers on defense. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and bully ball was alive and well. That was going to be the game plan. You know, those if you can if you can be extremely successful running the ball, playing that drop eight defense, you can you can really give it give it fits uh, if, if you can run the ball really well. And Georgia did that. And Georgia they completed passes. They were patient and and they just they just kept feeding the rock. And and they weren't they weren't at all panicked about. Okay, we got to throw the ball. Okay, we got to be on schedule. Like you see a lot of these offensive coordinators that get in these traps where they feel like they they have to throw the ball because it's on the schedule of plays that okay, we got to throw the ball. Okay, I haven't thrown the ball in four plays. Okay, I got to throw the ball. I got to throw the ball. Not Georgia. Mm-mm, not Georgia. They didn't need to. They just kept okay. All right, uh McIntosh, get in. Okay. Uh Zamir, okay, you got it. 
All right, James Cook, here you go. Okay, Stetson, you want to throw a pass? Okay, cool. All right, throw throw one short, you know. Okay, cool. Zamir, you got the next two carries, you know. And they just and, and they just the offensive line just said, Okay, you want to run the ball? Cool. Like I, I felt like the offensive line, I felt like this was like their best day ever. Like this was Christmas and and I guess you could say October, Christmas in October for for the Georgia offensive line. Because anytime you tell offensive linemen that you're going to run block, they get really excited. So, and and uh, too, I, I have yeah. to hand it to Bennett. You know, he he um, lost his starting job last year in 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 the age of the transfer portal. Ninety nine point nine percent of quarterbacks that lost their job, they'd be gone to another school. So I got to mm-hmm. hand it for him for sticking around and. And you know what? He he does what he needs to do. Uh, you know, they ask him to manage the game and don't beat us. And that's exactly what he did. He didn't have to do anything special. Mm-mm. Manage the game, don't beat us. Don't make t- don't turn the ball over. And it's exactly what he did. Yeah. I mean, he just like I said, they call him the mailman. He delivers. You know, um, you know, two weeks ago in South Carolina, they asked him to deliver some deep balls. Actually, that was JT. Um, against UAB, they asked him to deliver. He delivers five touchdown shots, five bombs. He went five or five with five bombs. You know, like he he is – I feel like you could ship him up to up to Nashville and suit him up in a Vanderbilt uniform, and they would instantly be better. Like he just has some – he just has some sort of it factor where he can just go out as, as physically you – know, you know, his physical talents are probably – Fifth on that depth chart of quarterbacks. Like you look at his physical talent, he ain't a better thrower than Brock Fanagriff or or Carson Beck or JT Daniels or even the incoming recruit Gunnar Stock. Okay, uh, obviously he doesn't have the stature of any of those guys. He doesn't have the foot speed of any of those guys. Although he can run really well, JT probably has the worst foot speed of that group. So he just has this moxie and this it factor about him that he's ultra competitive. He's going to do whatever he needs to do. And he's just gutsy, man. And and that's, that's what you need. And the guys rally around that. So we're in good hands with Stetson. We're in, we're in even better hands with JT, but we're in pretty good hands with Stetson. So JT can't get this, uh, lat issue fixed. And, uh, we'll, we'll be okay with Stetson. Stetson is good enough. He can beat some of these teams. And again, with this defense playing, insanely awesome which is not gonna last forever so we better enjoy it while it does it's gonna be good so um another matchup with auburn we'll talk about that here in a little while um we'll get to that we'll get to the tennessee south carolina game as well but uh florida and kentucky man uh i had kentucky buried why because they have turnover issues but here they come you know they had a 2013 victory defense came through uh, the offense came through when they needed. It was uh, it, it was very much one of those games where Florida goes up, and you know it's a very low scoring affair for a long time. But Kentucky, man, huge, huge win! First time in nineteen since nineteen eighty six that they have won in that they have beat Florida in Lexington. How insane is that? And this game was phenomenal. It was. I it. Uh, I was. Uh, uh, you know. It, it was a good ball game. I watched and the, the block the entire field game. And, that's a highlight I could yeah, see. On, yeah. I could watch that on loop. 
Yeah. They, you know, Kentucky uh, made plays when they had to make plays, uh, and that included the end of the game. You know, what was that? They had the ball first and goal at the five and couldn't punch it in. Florida did at the end of the game. So, you know, they made plays when they had to make them. Uh, the fact, you know, you talk about betting on stuff. I, I thought that was the bet of the day, was Kentucky getting eight points at home against Florida. I thought that was way too much. I thought that was the bet of the game, uh, better than the, of the week. And uh, it proved to be right. I, I, I get it because of the stat you just said a while ago. But I just thought – Kentucky, I think people have underestimated Kentucky and uh, the talent that they have. You know, when you can run the ball, Corey, it solves a lot of problems you have on offense. If it makes the play calling a lot easier. Yeah, that's right. If you've got a suspect quarterback and you can run the ball, I mean, that takes a lot of problems in a way, and they can run the football. Yeah, play calls from second and five. And, and below are a lot easier than second and 10. You know, of course, you're going to run into some second and 10s. You know, you're never going to completely avoid that. But, um, you know, if you can, if you can, that's called staying ahead of the chains. And if you can stay ahead of the chains, you have more of the playbook at your disposal. Like second and two is a perfect shot play, and they're going to get those opportunities. But to me, what, what had concerned me coming into this game was – Kentucky not being able to take care of the football. And so I, I think when when they did, and they actually caused more havoc on Florida than they did uh, on themselves. And, and like I said, that blocked field goal was, was something that kind of turned the, turned the tide for them a little bit. And then, you know, of course, Chris Rodriguez doing what Chris Rodriguez does. And you know, I was very impressed kind of with their game plan. They, you know, they, they, they were very aggressive in what they did. Um, but they put themselves in situations where they could be aggressive and not careless. And, and I think they hadn't put themselves in those situations prior to it. So, you know, hats off. I, I think, you know, what I said earlier and what I said last week on, uh, especially on after SEC after dark, I, I was worried that Liam Cohen and his Kentucky offensive staff just couldn't quite figure out the 20 hour a week rule. And that they were, they just didn't have an identity. They didn't know what they wanted to do. They didn't know if they wanted to be a running team or, or a hybrid or, or a balanced team or somebody that's going to throw the ball a lot. Or, you know, I don't think they knew really what they wanted to do. And they just seemed like they were trying out a bunch of things and it was very clunky. You know, they, you know, Wanda Robinson was going to go off, but, you know, everybody knows that. Um, but outside of that, like Will Levis was a turnover machine. They just just couldn't seem like they could find any footing. Well, they found some footing this past weekend, and I think they're starting to kind of move in that right direction. They just got to continue to do that. Well, uh, you know, I, like I said, I was I was impressed by Kentucky. You know, I can also, you know, I, I think back to how they struggled against Chattanooga, you know, and had to pull that one out at the end and really didn't play very well against South Carolina, really let South Carolina hang in there. But I, I still thought that Kentucky could win that game and thought they would win that game. I, basically just because of, again, I'm just not sold on Florida. As far as their offense goes, or you know, their defense, they just don't have the horses that they have had in the past. And you know, again, we didn't see you know Robinson again. And uh, you know, I think until you see him again, their offense is going to be 
uh, vanilla, for the lack of a better term. Yeah, AR-15 is the is the yes. Apple Pro nickname for him. But yeah, they're just so inconsistent. Like they're they're, you know, they're on the high of, of taking Bama to the brink of victory and getting some momentum. You know, it seems like they're kind of a front-running team. You know, they're playing at home. Everything's going great. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play really well. But on the road, things get tough. They get a blocked field goal. All of a sudden, their defense can't function and can't stop the run. Uh, and, and their offense just completely disappears. Um, after I thought they got off to a pretty good start, and then they they're they just they just disappeared. They just wilted away. And and you know this is going to be kind of like a. You know, I, I see this being kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type team where they're really good at home, but you get them on the road and, you know, it might be all she wrote. Speaking of allergies, my allergies are kicking my ass too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Positively Ole Miss says Bama is t- Georgia is Bama 2015 with a better defense and no Amari. Well, we had an Amari Cooper, but he has a torn ACL. So, yes. Um, and I was 10 with the junkyard dogs. No, I was not 10 with the junkyard dogs. I was, when I was 10 years old, Ray Goff was the head coach. And uh, some guy named Terrell Davis and Eric Desire were, were in the backfield for, for the Bulldogs. And I don't remember uh, most of that. I really wasn't watching college football like that. I was, I was outside mimicking college football. Um, but I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't know who was who and what was what at that point, you know, I, I was still trying to figure it out. A lot of people say they did, but I was out there playing it and, and doing imaginary stuff. So, um, and watching my cartoons on Saturday morning and not really caring about what was on the TV and just going out and getting my clothes dirty. Um, I saw Cassius Ware nearly kill Eric Zire. You probably saw a lot of people nearly kill kill Eric Zire while he was at Georgia because he wasn't very well protected. I is what I gather. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, huge win for Kentucky, and as we put a bow on on uh, on week four, I want to give a shout out to the to uh, to the Michigan Wolverines. They're five and zero. Um, somehow Oklahoma remains five and zero. I don't get that. A uh, big shout out to Stanford, uh, upsetting Oregon this weekend, and uh, you know, big shout out to Auburn for finally winning on the road at night in Death Valley. Uh, that will be probably talked about tomorrow with Jake and and uh, and Kevin on be- on Best of the West, and we'll probably touch on that too on on SEC After Dark. So make sure you tune into those two shows as well. Um, you know, upsets <laughs> over Vandy and Oregon in the same season, yes. You know that upset over over Vandy was that, that's see that's gonna be that's gonna be the extension that's gonna be the contract piece for for uh, for David Shaw but uh, you know South Carolina getting a win over Troy twenty three to fourteen as well anything else and and Cincinnati holy cow are they a playoff team or what that was impressive uh, didn't break my heart to see them uh, crush Notre Dame by any stretch. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. I, I, I mean, I, I think with with the way the season is going, why not? Like, there ain't gonna be anybody from the ACC going. I, I can't. I. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that Oklahoma is going to get past Texas this week. I think Texas is gonna, might slip up and get them. I agree with. You. So I agree with. With, you. with me saying that, now you should go put all your money on Oklahoma. Yeah, so, they agree. Um. <laughs> 
just do the opposite, right? When it comes to if you're putting if you're doing betting, do the opposite. So, um, and they they absolutely would be a three seed right now. Oregon ain't getting in. Nobody from the Pac-12 is getting in. Uh, I don't think Ohio State's going to get in. Uh, Michigan, if they continue to run the table, will probably get in. But they- maybe they- Iowa definitely not. I don't know. I don't know who's going to get in. This will be interesting. But um, I saw a comment uh, down the, down the list there, Cassie. I didn't forget about you. Um, let's just hope. You know, let's talk about for how much of or what to make really of Urban Meyer his weekend shenanigans before we before we get into week five, talking about going around the NFL and being a beast of the. I guess you call it the AFC South of the AFC South. Yeah. You, you know, what do you make of this whole urban mob situation? Uh, not very smart to say the least. Uh, not very smart uh, to be caught in that situation. And this, this day and age, if you are a celebrity you can you got to be extremely careful about what you do because everyone has a camera. You do anything remotely out of the norm and it's going on social media. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to him. Oh yeah. I mean people are dying to uh to put to put your face on, on social media. I mean, Craig, you and I could probably go out and nobody would know the difference. Um, but if you're Urban Meyer and you've have you've had uh, national championships at two different stops in college at major college football programs, and you go back to one of those towns, you don't think that people have their little phones out going, yeah, oh, Urban Meyer, and you're at the restaurant that you own that has your name, yeah, and. And some little college girl is dancing in your lap. What do you think <laughs> happened? What? Do you, what? What? Like, do you think that's where it stopped? Honestly, uh, they're both drunk. Do you think that's where that stopped? Probably not. And he would be buried six feet of the ground if I was his wife. Says Cassidy. Yes. Uh, so, what do you think? You know, so Cassidy. What do you think Shelly Shelly Meyer thinking right now? Like what do you th- like uh, like this is a national story and you can't like you can't get away from it. I'm sure they talked about it on the I didn't I don't watch the Today show but I'm sure they talked about it even on the Today show about Urban Meyer prowling. Our health problems in the office. He, he's on <laughs> Yes, he well he's going to have a heart attack for <laughs> multiple reasons. <laughs> That that young that young blonde's gonna give him a lot of heart attack. A lot of heart attacks. Um yeah, he yeah, his liver might go out now considering how how uh how hammered he was. So it's crazy, man. Like yeah, Urban Meyer, what a what a clown show. He's probably he might be one of the skeeziest people I've ever seen. Like he's got to be right to do. Yeah. This? Well, again, you know, you just can't afford to be a part of anything remotely controversial uh, nowadays because 
if you are, it's going to be, it's going to be twisted either one way or another. And in either way, you're going to look bad. Period. Yeah. There's no good way to spin. If you're, if you're a married guy, some blonde dancing in your lap and your hand looks like it's underneath. Like there was more, it looked like there was more going on there than just, she just happened to be dancing on him and, there's some out of context picture. There ain't no way like how comfortable he was with that. Hey, that probably wasn't the first time that ever happened. You know, there's, there's a lot to be gathered from that. And so, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Thought maybe, thought maybe you would, uh, you know, you and your, you and your buddy urban would, uh, maybe you could talk, talk about him, you know, a little bit. So, um, no herb man here. Yeah, no, we ain't perfect with that. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, we ain't perfect, but yes, no, that that is not right. Yeah, we all make mistakes. That's not a mistake. What he did that what that what that looked that was not a mistake. That was not a. If you're that comfortable, and you know, and you're very much aware of your popularity. And you're still like, no matter how drunk you are, you're, there's always that, that voice deep inside your head saying, nope, can't do that. Eject. You know, get away. I right, come on now. Yeah. No, that's not right. He, he ain't wired the same. You know, just look at how he recruited his Florida teams. Just, look, just you know, convict after convict. Literal convicts. Um, but anyway, I digress. Let's talk week six. Speaking of uh, Urban Meyer, the Gators have a tough one lined up. They uh, they kick off against Vanderbilt. Uh, Florida is 38-point favorites at home. Um, anything of note in this game? This is, this is a get-well game. For <laughs> You're exactly right. Uh Anything of note, I, I lay the 38. How's that? <laughs> there you go. Lay the yeah, points. I yeah. lay the 38. I mean, because I, of course, they've, they've had trouble. They, they've had trouble. That, well, they've had trouble covering against South Florida, who was bad. But is Vanderbilt a whole new level of pathetic? I, you know, I, I think they're going to struggle to score any points, period. Uh, Corey, uh, if they score more than two touchdowns, I'll be surprised. Watch Vanderbilt. So, if Vanderbilt somehow scores two touchdowns, do you think Grantham gets fired on the sideline? <laughs> no, they're going to think. Elon <laughs> That's exactly. There you go. go. Good point. The D-line the coach is gone. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, speaking of Mullen, I forgot to ask you about the comment. <laughs> did you hear did you hear what he said when he was asked if he felt like he was out coached? He said, Yeah, we got we got 380 yards of offense and they only got 240, 211. What, are you kidding me? Like he, he acted like that was like the end all be all. That's like saying, Yeah, they may have won the war, but we won the battle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember you just, getting any yeah, points for out, 
outgaining your opponent. Did the did yeah. they change that this year? I missed something. Uh, they might, I think we both missed it then. Probably. Yeah, he always does that. Yeah, doesn't make it any less annoying. Yeah, they scored in the third quarter. Yeah, he he's just a. And and Steve, I, I saw your tweet earlier about the whole Mississippi State Ole Miss thing with and you know tying in Dan Mullen and Georgia. Mullen and Kirby hate each other. Hate each other. So yes, is this going to be the Steve Willis voice of God? It in? might be. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, <laughs> here we go. Now don't put yourself on camera because it's got to be voice of God. Yeah, right, I'm I'm fine. What you got? Right. So the 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 tweet you sent out about the Ole Miss uh, Mississippi State rivalry and the whole Dan Mullen thing and how how Georgia Florida is turning into that. I yeah, that was it, interesting. yeah. Um, way back when, when Dan Mullen got hired at Mississippi State and he coached in 2009 and he defeated Houston Nutt, it kind of it kind of launched early on, and it, it became so toxic and basically. It was so grievance-driven, like they feed on inferiority complexes and people react off of that. And that just resulted in it getting worse and worse and worse. And literally by 2016 and 2017, when Ole Miss went to the Sugar Bowl, that was it. It was time to write books about what was going on. It was time to try and piggyback on a ULL investigation to get information and do what you have to do. And it just became really underhanded. And honestly, that's why Dan Mullen got out of there. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't blame him on that. Um, but yeah, he, he seems like a very, very petty person. Uh, and Kirby just loves just rubbing, rubbing it in, and Kirby just loves beating him. So you, you know, Kirby, you know, Kirby is not nothing. You know, he doesn't leave pettiness to the wayside. Yeah, I, I would look Kirby, out Kirby and be pretty petty. I would pay attention to see if there were um, billboards start going up or something like that to try and one up the other person reacting. And you'll know that this, it is going down that road because it's definitely going down that road. And I think the Florida fan base is taking on his personality. They are. And it's pretty funny. So, you know, hopefully they, hopefully they give him a lifetime extension because he, and I hope they give Grantham a lifetime extension as defensive coordinator. That'd be great. So, but they uh, they take on Vanderbilt. This is a very very much a, a get well game for them. Or Vandy could cover. Who knows? Um, they have trouble covering. But uh, Tennessee, South Carolina, uh, chance for Tennessee to get two in a row. Craig, do they? Yeah. We we asked this question earlier. Do yeah. they manage success? Can they handle a little bit of success? That's going to be the $64,000 question, Corey, whether or not they can handle the success of that huge win against South Carolina or, you know, uh, can they be humble and continue to improve? Uh, those are all things that, that Heupel has had to battle with uh, and will battle with this week. Little, little, it scares me a little bit just because of the fact that, that they're, you know, they, they – uh, they were the king of the hill, for the lack of a better term, uh, this week with uh, their showing against Missouri. Uh, sort of worries me a little bit that they will not be as grounded as they should be against South Carolina. With that being said, though, I just I think Tennessee has better talent than South Carolina. 
And, um, you know, uh, I, I think they will end up winning that ball game by like 14 points, I think, at least 14. Well, the spread is minus 10 and a half. So um, if, if you're a betting man, you know, you may want to lay the points there as well. I, I've been really impressed with this Tennessee team, and this is probably the most I've ever talked good about Tennessee. So uh, maybe I should, maybe I should shut up. Um, is Tennessee wearing black against Ole Miss or South Carolina? Uh, probably against South Carolina, so they get that W. But uh, no, I, I think it's uh, you know Tennessee if they can continue to run the ball. I mean Georgia has shown, and other teams have shown that the blueprint to 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 beat this South Carolina defense is is to run the ball, um, and running the ball sets up deep shots, which you can which. South Carolina is also susceptible to. So if Hendon Hooker can can prove a big time threat in the run game himself, that can never hurt. I mean, it gives you an extra blocker, it gives you an extra somebody you have to defend. Um, oh, you Texas is this weekend. Yeah, that's uh I guess we could cast we could consider that a SEC game. So we'll talk about that here in a minute, too. Um, but for Tennessee, yeah, just continue doing what you're doing. Feed Tyon Evans, uh, find some deep shots and and uh, defensively, it shouldn't be if you if if you shut down Josh Van and and you limit Kevin Harris's impact. I think that you know it, you can put pressure on Luke Doty and you can get some of these sacks and you know maybe you can force him into some some bad throws and some tough tough situations and you know play field position and you know just. just you you talked it. about the black jersey jerseys. Do you know who introduced the black jerseys? Dooley. Incorrect. Lane Kiffin is correct up there. Kiff, Kiff doll. Yeah, there you against go. South Carolina. It was, uh, I think it was on Halloween night. They played South Carolina. Came out it was. I remember, I remember yeah, that. They, they, still had, they, they still had Eric Berry, too, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Ontario, Ontario Carolina. So it was a big win because South Carolina was decent right there. Yes, they were. They they were starting their like three year run of winning eleven of winning eleven games a year. Um, they were getting ready to start that run, so that was uh, that was kind of like one of those uh, South Carolina teams that they had in the early two thousands. But you know, I would like to see them bring back those black jerseys. I like see, I like black jerseys. I like black uniforms. I think they're I think they look slick. I like when Georgia wears their black. They wear it very rarely. It's just like so. It's like a treat. Um. Georgia takes on Auburn this weekend. Uh, they go to the Plains. This is very, you know, on paper. This is, you know, Georgia's 14 and a half point favorites on paper, but, you know, Jordan Air Stadium does weird things to Georgia. Um, you know, as a Georgia fan, I'm always nervous. The last time we went down, I say we, because you can see all this Georgia stuff in the back. I got a degree hanging up on this wall. I can show you guys in a little bit. Um, that tells you I can say we. But uh, the last time Georgia went down there as, well, they're presumed the number one team in the country. But last time they went down there highly ranked, they got their tails kicked. Um, and that was the year, that was 2017, where they got revenge later on. But that was probably one of Jake Fromm's worst games. They just couldn't do anything right. They kept turning the ball over. Field position was a nightmare. They couldn't, you know, they just – they they couldn't stop Kerryon Johnson. I mean, it was it was a brutal brutal game, um, but that was a November game. That was a late game. Auburn was 
you know, Auburn's usually a lot better, at least under Gus Malzahn. They're, they they usually, like, you didn't want to play them in November. You wanted to play them. In, if you wanted to get Auburn, you got in September. And I don't know what this Auburn team is going to be like. Bo Nix is kind of all over the place. Uh, they haven't run the ball as well as I thought they were going to. Um, but they played really well against LSU, came back and won. Bo Nix did some things that you just sat back and said, wow. Really? But what what do you think of this game? Is is, is it going to be another Georgia route? Do I need to buy into the fact that Jordan Air Stadium is is a factor in this matchup? I think it will be a factor in this matchup, Corey. I, I think they're going to. Um, early on, uh, Auburn. It's the two thirty CBS game, Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Auburn is is going to be a uh, uh, really hyped. So they're going to uh, Georgia's going to have to withstand the early. A uh, flood of emotions from from Auburn and all of that, um, but I think that uh, in the end, I think Georgia will end up covering the spread on this and winning the ball game. Now, I don't think it's going to be thirty seven to nothing uh, by any stretch. This will be a little closer, and probably I think at the end they they uh, you know maybe pull away a little bit. I, I think this game has a possibility of being, you know, a touchdown to 10-point game throughout the game. Um, but I think in the end, you know, Georgia pulls it out fourth quarter yeah, and I kinda, covers the spread. Yeah, I, I kind of see that. I think it's going to be a 10-point game for a long time. I think Georgia's going to jump out early. Auburn's going to kind of – Auburn's going to kind of get into it in the second quarter. You know, Georgia hadn't been – very, very good in the second quarter. You know, that was Vandy's best quarter uh, in that game. You know, Arkansas started to get a little footing, maybe a little bit, not much. But, um, you know, for Auburn, you know, it's going to be, you know, we say this every week. I sound like a broken record. It's going to come down to the quarterback position. Is Bo, Does Bo Nick still have that magic left in him? It, it, is he reinvigorated or was that just a special occasion and he's going to go back to being bad Bo and, you know, they're going to bring in T.J. Finley. And I think if they have to make a quarterback change, it ain't going to bode well for him. You know, if they have to make a quarterback change mid-game, it very well could be a 42-7 to type ball game. Um, you know, they, they, Georgia's not going to give you much. They're not going to give you any wiggle room. So if you're going to struggle at the quarterback position, it, it's going to be a long day for you. And, you know, Auburn – uh, they they still have that lucky horseshoe. It's jammed squarely, you know where. Um, and I, I think that you know <laughs> George is going to have to surgically remove that thing, and 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 they very well possibly could. This game could be, you know, this this game could be very well be a, a forty eight to forty five to seven game, or it could be a twenty seven twenty four game where Georgia's you know Georgia has to get a big fourth down stop like they did what two years ago. Uh, when, when the last time it was in, in Auburn, yeah, in, in 2019, they had to I think Georgia got up by 21 points, and then they ended up having to get a big stop on fourth down because Auburn came roaring back in the second half. So you never know what's going to happen in this game. Yeah, Jordan Davis will rip it out. Um, and so, well, I'll say I'm, this: I, I think I think uh, Tank Tank Bigby is the uh, will be a key to this ball game. I think if if he's able to run the football, I think Auburn stays in this game, uh, you know, throughout 
but if Georgia's able to make Auburn one-dimensional and everything is falling on Nix's shoulders, uh, that's disastrous. It could end up being ugly. And that's got to be the game plan for Georgia. Like, commit to the run and make Nick's beat you. Commit to the run, play press coverage because you got guys that can do it, like Keely, Ringo, uh, Tyke Smith is back. Uh, you know, those guys can can re- can play the tight coverage. Um, Darian Kendrick, uh, another guy that's been playing really well at the cornerback position. They can play tight coverage. They've gotten a lot better at that. So, load it up, man. Stop the run. Hit Big B in the mouth. Make it tough for him. Put it on Bo Nix's shoulders. And if he beats you, so be it. It's going to take a mat. It's going to take another magical performance for him to do it. And I don't think he has it two weeks in a row. Doesn't make. But that doesn't mean I'm not nervous about this. And they do. Yeah, they do have to score thirty to beat Georgia. Um, like I said, the biggest key to me is the atmosphere. Like Auburn, Alabama is is a very, very, very strange place. Very strange place to play. And so this game is by far, you know, everybody on paper, Georgia's, Georgia's going to route it. But they ain't playing on paper. And Kirby and Bobo, they have a history. So, but uh, well, like I said, you'll hear our picks on that. Uh, Craig, I'll read your picks on, on SEC after dark. So we'll, we'll give you some time to think about that. Uh, so, uh North Texas, Missouri, not, not much, not much to do about that one. Uh, LSU travels to the grocery bag to take on Kentucky. Can Kentucky repeat their performance? Can they continue to get a little bit better after watching them play? I think they can. I, you know, they showed me that they're heading in the right direction. This was a bit of a crossroads for them uh, this past this past weekend. I think they, I think they chose the right path. I think they're heading. I think they're starting to find their identity. I think they're starting to find themselves a little bit, find a little rhythm. You know, when you take care of the ball, good things happen, right? So they they they're they're slowly but surely fixing that issue. So, um, do you think do you think LSU's in a in a, in a downward spiral? Um, do you think Kentucky's defense is going to give LSU's offense fits? How do you how do you see this game checking out? I'll say this before I talk about the game. If this game, let's say Kentucky really hammers LSU, I I seriously think that there's a possibility that they make a move midweek and Coach O is gone. Because they've got Florida after that, and then they go to Ole Miss after that. So – I seriously think that that's, you know, that, that is a distinct possibility. And then, yeah, then bam. So, I mean, things are not, you look, you look, you lose Kentucky. Uh Things are not going to get, yeah. Arkansas too. Things are not getting any better. And yeah, if you've lost a team, you know, you get hammered by Kentucky, then, then, you know, I, I, to me, I, I think he's in s- serious jeopardy of of losing his job right there. Well, you, you fire him knowing that you don't really have a guy that that you feel good about taking over. Well, I mean, I you know, I don't, I, I don't know if 
I don't know if they feel that way or not. I don't know at some point, you, you know, you got to, uh, you know, you've got to get rid of what you consider a problem uh, and you got to get rid of someone that you don't think is the future of your, of your program. Let's face it, since they won the national championship, they've not done a whole lot, to be quite honest. Uh, uh, what about Gene Chiswick? Look what happened to him at Auburn, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and to me, this is, has some similarities between uh, Chiswick's time at Auburn and Coach O's time here at LSU. He's not really – they've not parlayed off of that national championship whatsoever. No, they've and, actually and gone they, backwards. Yeah, that's what I – exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. They, they've gone backwards. They are not – at this point, you know, they're not the team. If you look at it now, even though Texas A&M is underwhelmed this year, but at best, you're fourth in the West right now. At very best, I don't, I don't yeah, I wouldn't consider them the fourth best team in the West. I mean, I think, I think when you look at, you know, you, you look at Alabama, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, possibly Mississippi State, which I mean, I, granted they beat them, but I don't think they beat them again. Uh, if if you did a series, um, are they better than Texas A and M? Well. Maybe right now, but overall, no, I don't think they're better than Texas A&M. You know, I, do, yeah, I do. I think they're last in the West. I don't know. It's getting pretty bad down there. So, um, Coach O is on the rocks, and, and I think that Kentucky's gonna. Kentucky could finish him off. I, I would love to see if if what would happen if Kentucky could win. I'm definitely rooting for Kentucky in this one. Um, I think I really like what they're doing. I really like what what Mark Stoops has done with that program. When he took that thing over, man, it was it was about as much in the tank as you could possibly get. And uh, they they are uh, they're they're a viable competitive team. You know, they went from two and ten as being the norm, and everybody just saying hurry up and wait for basketball to okay. We play football too, apparently, and uh, so you know, I'm, I'm, I've been really impressed with, with Kentucky. And uh, to be honest, I, I don't think LSU has an answer for Wando Moore, or not Wando Moore, a uh, Wando Robinson. And I, I don't think that they can really stop Chris Rodriguez. I mean, they sh- they've struggled against the run all season, and they are going to struggle again against the run. I think, and and I think when you look at, I said I think probably 17 times there. Uh, but when you look at when you look at the way this team is comprised, they run the ball really well with Cavassier Smoke and and Chris Rodriguez. That's going to be trouble for LSU. Wondell Robinson's going to be trouble for LSU. And this defense, I don't think LSU really wants a piece of this Kentucky defense. So they're going in the tank and they're get they're hustling backwards and they're hustling. Think backwards. about this: When was last time uh, sofas were burned for a Kentucky football win? That's 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 reserved for the basketball team. I can't ever remember any. Mm-hmm. You know, they were burning sofas after the win. That's always a good sign for your football program if the rowdy students afterwards are are, are burning sofas. Yeah, I thought that was a West Virginia tradition, but I guess Kentucky <laughs> decided to adopt that one as well. Well, West so. Virginia, Kentucky, they're, you know, they're right there. Absolutely. Well, last and maybe certainly least, or maybe not least, I don't know, however you want to look at it. Uh, it is currently a Big 12 matchup. 
but in the future, it will be an SEC matchup. The Red River Shootout. And I don't care what you say. I'm not calling it the Red River Red River Rivalry. That just sounds lame. I feel lame saying that. So the Red River Shootout. Oklahoma is 5-0. They're top 10. But are they really a top 10 team? That remains to be seen. We will see that against Texas. Texas comes in. Uh, Texas coming in off of what I thought was a pretty good win over TCU on the road. Uh, TCU, you can say what you want to about them, and they're you know this whole Big Twelve conference is a is a complete roller coaster. Um, yeah, positively, Ole Miss says hook them. I think you're right. I agree. I, I am not a Spencer Rattler believer. I, I I buy no stock in Spencer Rattler. I think OU is. That they're just hanging on by a thread. I don't think I they think have covered a, with the a point spread all year. Oklahoma. No, they haven't. And they looked they looked miserable against West Virginia. West Virginia is not a very good football team. They're 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 media they're they're average, I guess you could say. They're they're pretty good. When Neil Brown took over, they were pretty bad. They were a team that that you might you would have been better off putting nobody on defense. You would have been better off playing the air defense. And Neil Brown's done a pretty decent job of, of building that program back up to where they're actually playing some viable defense, but they're still not anywhere where they should be. And they almost beat Oklahoma. Should have, They outplayed Oklahoma. They should have beat Oklahoma. They just couldn't finish the game. Uh, Clemson and Oklahoma are 0-8 against the spread. Yeah, Clemson having a 15-point spread on anybody is absurd. BC covered that spread. That was that was also easy money. I wish I'd have taken it, uh, but BC plus whatever they were getting was was such easy money because DJ Ungulale. I think Georgia broke him. I'm convinced. Georgia <laughs> broke him. He hadn't been the same since. Like they broke him. Um, but Spencer Rattler. I'm, I'm not a believer in Spencer Rattler, Craig. I don't. I think we agree. Almost definitely broke Tulane. Um, I think we definitely agree that that we we really like the Longhorns here. Uh, I I think they're going. I think they're going to slip up and get them. I mean, I picked. Oh, I picked Texas as my dark horse in the, big, in the Big Twelve. I, they're a really good, well constructed football team. I, I I like Colin Thompson. I really like Bijan uh, Bijan Robinson. I, I I just think they play extremely hard on defense. They they're creative with their play calls and you know they're, they're just you know you look at statistics and it may or may not jump off the page at you but you watch them play they certainly pass the eye test for sure yeah i i think texas not only covers the spread they win this football game uh i think they're they're on an upward climb i, I think since the arkansas defeat they've played much better uh and I just I'm like you. I don't see that from from Oklahoma. They're treading water, mm-hmm. uh, basically. I've not seen anything that tells me uh, out of Spencer Rattler that they're they're going to be any better. I, I'm just not seeing it from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know at what point uh, Lincoln Riley decides to go with another quarterback. Maybe it's going to take a loss. Obviously, it's kind of hard to take to change quarterbacks if you're undefeated, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that could be, you know, if, if they're getting 
uh, popped a little bit in this ball game, he may make the move. And he probably should because do I think Lincoln Riley is a bad coach? No, absolutely not. And Lincoln Riley is one of the best top coaches in college football, but he's got a limit right now, quarterback. And I just, I think a, a change is in the offing perhaps. And, you know, I think Texas is going to force that. And, and I, I think Texas is a lot better than, than people were giving them credit for. And, and this is one of the things where Texas can prove that Oak, that Arkansas is actually a team that deserved to be ranked not quite in the top 10, but not in the twenties either. And they're going to prove that Arkansas was a really good team um, after the butt whooping Arkansas put on them, but they're going to, I think they're going to turn around and they could possibly lay a butt whooping on Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma just doesn't, I, I don't know what it is about them. But they, you know, they're five and oh, and people think they're going to be a playoff team. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Not at all. And I don't see a victory in Jerry's world either, or the Cotton Bowl, or wherever they still play this game. I, I really like B. John Robinson. I, I think he's he's uh, one of the top running backs in college football. He is special. He, he's one of my he favorites. He is man. He can he's cut special. on the dime. He he can really really. He's very shifty. Uh, and he's a physical yeah. runner too. Like he watch, run, watch like he finishes runs. Yeah. yeah. Take take watch some of this game right here. I know there's some great SC, other SEC games on, but mm-hmm. uh, if you get a chance, watch some of this game and watch Robinson. If you haven't seen him play, he is special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm going to be tuned into this one for sure. Uh, since Georgia's not conflicted with this, is typically a a noon kick there. I think the I think Fox's big noon kickoff is going to be there, so that'll be fun from the Texas State Fair. Get you a fried Oreo and watch Texas beat down on Oklahoma, which I think a lot – I have some Texas relatives. They're all Longhorns, so I know they're jazzed up for this game. And they're, they're all jacked up about Sark. And Sarkeesian's done a really, really, really good job there. Um, positively, Ole Miss is going to watch the Ole Miss-Arkansas game. That's, that's <laughs> surprising. Shocking. Uh, yeah, um, That's a pretty good game. But, uh, pretty good 11 new kickoff yeah. Eastern time and – yeah, I'll probably I'll probably figure out which one of those I want to watch. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think the game of the week is Vanderbilt, Florida, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, Mike Wright is from my hometown, though, Fayetteville, Georgia. I think he went to Whitewater High School, maybe. I can't remember which high school he went to. I want to look that up. Um, but he's from Fayetteville, Georgia. That's where I grew up. So shout out to shout out to old Fayetteville. But uh Craig, that's gonna do it for us. That's gonna wrap up our show here. You can follow us on Twitch, follow us on Facebook, like, share, also YouTube, hit that bell notification if you want to check us out and get all that new content. Maybe one of these days, uh maybe one of these days with some donations, you can uh, buy me some more AOL discs. Who knows? Uh, but all our social information is right there down below. We are the Beast of the East podcast. Like I said, you can find us on the Believe Podcast Network. Anywhere that you find your podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, those type places, you can find us on the audio version. Or you can watch us right here with a chat in between us. Uh, you can participate in the chat if you want to. 
uh, as well. We will. We do not ignore the chat. Some shows do. We are not one of those shows. Uh, so you can join in on the chat. You can uh, join in on the fun. But we, uh, wherever you can find us, we thank you for listening, and you know we thank you for watching us. And of course, spread the word. Like that's that's the way. You know, I, I don't know about me, but the voice of the Rockets over here. I don't think they're paying them millions of dollars for for promotional dollars. Oh, uh, to, to promote the show. What are you talking about? I, I get yeah. you know in Marshall County we we get the, you know the uh, the NIL you know comes to us you know so I've I've got several oh, there you go. players on the team having to so well I sit corrected county I, I sit corrected so yes. um, Craig, Craig's got all the cheese man so he's going to promote the show no he's going to buy billboards that's what he's going to do um, for sure. He's, he's going to put them on 65 all the way down to Bama country. It's going to have his face. It's going to have my pixelated face on there. It's going to be great. Um, so tell your friends about it. Tell them to check us out. Tell them to join on the chat. It's always a lot of fun. Guy, uh, Cody was, uh, was somebody on, on the chat. Uh, he kind of disappeared, but he, uh, we have some key contributors and our chat numbers are growing. Our episode numbers are growing. So keep up the good work but tell your friend about it get one new friend to come and to come and watch us uh and then that friend will get a new friend so i challenge you to tell the world shout from the rooftops we talk sec east football so if you're a south carolina fan this is the place for you if you're a tennessee fan my man craig over here he's got you and i got you back too until you play georgia uh, kentucky fans uh we we got you Missouri fans, if you exist, we got you. Uh, Vandy fans, if you want to come out of the woodwork, or if you want to come out of hiding, uh, this is the place to come. All right. Whoever you are, we got your back. Best of the West will get you if you're a Western fan. And, of course, we cover it all on SEC After Dark. That's the lineup. And of course, I have a Georgia-specific show, Believe in Georgia Dogs, as well, that hosts with Israel Troop. You can find me there, too. So, Georgia fans, that's an extra place for you to go to find me. You can't get enough of me, right? So, uh, Craig, any last words? Uh, enjoy another should be outstanding SEC football slate. More really, really good football games uh, this this coming weekend. Absolutely. Well, we, we hope you have a uh, Mark Stoops in Kentucky type week, an even better weekend. Uh, we we hope you don't have an Urban Meyer type week, um, and uh, we thank you for listening. We are the Beast of the East podcast on the Believe Podcast Network and Willis Digital Media, presented by BetOnline.ag. We thank you for listening. Hope you come back again. We are Beast of the East. We will see you next time. See you next week. So so long. Goodbye. We're out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.